It's the moment you've all been waiting for. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. I tell you what, we already have like three pages of SMSs. I'm not even going to look at Twitter or Facebook. It is just crazy, but I love it because this is one that as a multilingual society, we are constantly grappling with. So on the forum at eight this morning, we're talking about words that we mispronounce. And why does it grab your goat? And this was very funny earlier because um, our boss, Angie Caprianes, uh, she sends me an SMS and she says, it's not grab your goat, it is get your goat. And I'm like, exactly, Angie, you are making the point because you know what we are trying to say. So why are you getting all agitated over that? And this is what we are asking. Is there a phrase? Are there words that are mispronounced uh, that, you know, you just cannot stomach when people do that? But why not? In fact, if you understand what the person is trying to say, why then does it rub you up the wrong way? This is what we're talking about this morning. And do give us the examples as well. Some of them really, really funny. And maybe before I even introduce our guest, let me just read some of those messages. Uh, This one says, as long as we understand what we are saying, I don't think pronunciation is a problem at all. Um, uh, Another one from Tebe. Tebe says, I still hear people say limpompo and uh, others mispronounce uh, superfluous. And uh, why use big words if you can't pronounce them? It seems the so-called no master of pronunciation is the big reason for why people actually mispronounce words. Uh, Dan says, I still hear people say mapumalanga instead of mpumalanga and mabeki instead of mbeki. And for the life of me, I don't understand why people will look at a m and see a ma. You know, like, explain those things. Let's talk about some of these things. And then uh, there was earlier the determine and determine. uh, But then again, I guess you could understand why all of these things happen. But let's hear from our guest this morning, Dr. King, uh, D- King, Dr. Kim Walmach, <laughs> who is head of the Wits Language School. Thanks so much for stepping in once again. Thanks so much, Sakina. It's a lovely opportunity. And Spumelele, uh, you see, I'm renaming him altogether. <laughs> and this is one of the things that people were also pointing you see, out. my brother when would we fight changed, with you because he is Pelele. You <laughs> see, when, and, and, and people were saying when we change the meaning of things altogether, Together, that is a problem. Spumelele uh, Zondi, not your brother, Spelele. Uh, <laughs> welcome. Thank you so much. A senior producer and anchor of a network, uh, which is a technology program on SABC's 404. Thanks for coming through. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. So let's just at the very onset, uh, you know, discern between mispronouncing words and mispronouncing names. Because for me, you know, we, we cannot treat them the same. Or can we, Dr. Kim? Well, that's quite a question. I think pronunciation in general is about attitude. It's not just about being correct or being being incorrect. So we all have an accent. We all come to language with our own backstory, our own linguistic background, and that influences the way in which we speak. But there's something around effort and making sure that that one gets it right Mm. that I think we we need to look at as South Africans. So at Wits Language School, one of the things we've been working on this year is to look at life without language barriers, to try and find ways in which we can break those barriers. And some of them, I think, really do relate to pronunciation. 
What's your take on that? Um, I, I actually agree with her when she says it's effort. And in the case of South Africa, you find people not making that effort to to learn names and words that are not in their mother tongue, especially if the mother tongue is not English or or perhaps Afrikaans or languages that have their foundation in, in Europe. Um, and... He, there's an argument that some people have made even in, on social media, um, the Khert Khatebe argument, where Khatebe mm-hmm. becomes Radebe. And if you can say Khert, then why can't you say Khatebe? Why must you say Radebe? So it's, it's that situation in the South African context that people don't want to make that effort of learning languages that don't have their foundations in Europe. But whilst I take the argument that sometimes it is just, you know, for a lack of effort uh, and that we are just lazy because um, there are no consequences to not uh, pronouncing people's names or words correctly. Sometimes it's a little more complicated, as in the case of Khatebe, because if it is spelled R-A, how does it then become Kha? Because phonetically in certain languages, R-A would be Ra, not Kha. Phonetically in certain languages, GE is G, not G. But the thing is, if you hear it often enough, and Khatebe is a common South African surname, so you would have heard it at least more than three times. But you, <laughs> you choose not to hear it and read it the way it's written in your language. <laughs> Like I said, you know, we, we, we come to language with our own set of ways of pronouncing, pronouncing things. So my instinct is going to be to say it in a certain way. And maybe that's not the way that it should be, sh- should be pronounced. So we also need to look at how people learn a second language because that's different from our own languages. So um, I think well, you've written some very interesting mm. stuff around, you know, people actually refusing to learn and, and, and kind of not standing up and, and not doing what they should be doing. But I think we need to take a step back and, and look at how we learn language. Often when people are learning a language, they're not going to be confident. The first step in learning a language is to hear it. So when you first hear a language, you, it, it sounds like gibberish because you can't even separate words. Then you, you learn to separate words, and then you have to get the courage to speak. And that's the hard thing. So <clears throat> um, it is hard. For example, you might be greeted in Zulu, and then what happens? Mm. You, you're not confident enough to greet back. You might greet back in Sutu, or you might greet back in English, but at least you've understood that this person was trying to communicate with you, and this person was trying to greet. So for me, that's step one. You know, actually just understanding what kind of linguistic communication we we, we, we doing here. You know? mm. But we, we also have to look at people in various stages of learning. If they are making the effort to learn, I think if it's our language that they're murdering at that time, we need to be patient and we need to just encourage them and help them to listen the way we want them to listen. Because mm. pronunciation is a lot about listening. It's not that I, c- I can say umhlanga. I can say it, but it's only because somebody educated me and said, listen, please don't say Amschlanger. It's just horrible. So somebody educated me, and because of that, I can actually say it. I'm probably not, still not saying it right. But it's a little bit better, and at least it shows I'm making an effort. Mm. Mm. But, Dr. Kim, you're coming from a linguistic perspective where you are saying when people are making an effort, but are people making that effort? Because mm-hmm. um, you'd go into a lift. Um, it's happened several times even here at the SABC. I walk in, I say Sanborn, mm-hmm. and somebody might, resp- might say Tobela. 
fine, they understood what I said. But there have been several occasions where you get people who would speak English as a first language, sometimes Afrikaans as a first language, and they don't greet back. And they know what Sawbona means, mm. but they choose not to greet back because they think you're not speaking to them because you didn't greet them in their home language. So that's where the problem comes in because they are then not even making an effort of trying to understand or choosing not to respond when someone is, is saying something as simple as a greeting in mm. another African language, something that just about every South African would know. I think every South African would know what Sawbona means. But so it, it's that lack of, because if you then apply that barrier of saying I can respond in my home language even though I cannot respond in the language that I was greeted in mm. um, that's where the start should be um, if you choose to block that therefore you will then not even make an effort to try and learn something as basic as a greeting in another language so speaking to the politics mm. of language yeah. really well, it's, I think lifts are great places for, for seeing how people communicate and miscommunicate a English speaker might walk into a lift, turn to everyone, smile, and turn their back and look at the numbers. Now you've offended a whole bunch of people without even realizing it. Yeah. But that's because in English culture, English-speaking South Africans will yeah. obviously often not greet. They mm. will smile, and smiling is seen as a greeting. And this whole thing of looking up at the numbers is perfectly acceptable. They don't think about the fact that you've got your back to someone. You know, whereas in African culture, that's a huge thing. How can you turn your back on someone? So it is about understanding. And I agree with you. Sometimes people really don't make the effort. Sometimes people don't even understand that there's anything that needs to be discussed. So, for example, um, Sipo. I probably think I'm pronouncing it correctly. Mm. But African languages are tone languages. Mm. English isn't. So I'm not going to understand exactly how to say it correctly. I can, if you say it and you say, you say it correctly and I can follow you, the moment you say it, I can probably get it. But just saying it off the bat, it's going to sound really horrible. I'll tell you what is equally offensive. You know, when people, um, in talking about not making an effort, people will sit and correct how we pronounce words the whole day. Yet, as um, we were saying now, they would not make an effort um, to even try and pronounce a single word correctly. And yet we are speaking this language yeah. fluently, yeah. for that matter. Yeah. Mm. Whereas it is not my mother tongue. Yeah. English is not my mother tongue. Um, I don't know. Is it your no, mother tongue? it isn't. It isn't no. your mother tongue either. Uh, is it your mother tongue? It's my mother tongue. You see, and, and, and if I count the people just around me right now, you are the only Absolutely. English mother tongue speaker here. Mm. And yet we are all conversing in this language, mm. but we still take so much stick for it. Mm. Mm. I think we, we need to separate language and culture and functional, you know, actually being able to function in the workplace. Because um, <clears throat> we have a number of courses that we teach around English in the workplace where we refine people's business skills and things like that. We have courses, for example, English for HR. And there's absolutely nothing wrong in mastering your space, in mastering your job description properly. There's nothing wrong with that. But we're not talking about that only. We're also talking about that, that informal space where 
maybe those attitudes come in. Yeah. And, and, and that's where I think we need to work as South Africans. Yeah. I really do. Um, but Dr. Kim, do you not think it comes from the history of South Africa where even when Indian migrant laborers came into the country, their surnames were changed? Because if the surname was too hard for someone who speaks English as a first language, they're given another surname. Mm-hmm. And names like um, Ezimbogotwini, for example, changed to Ambongitwini. Um, and, <laughs> and you don't even know where that is. Yeah, you don't even know where that is. And you see a sign saying Ambongitwini. <laughs> and what does it mean exactly? And I think what it also, if you then choose, because what I wrote about is that people choose to then change names instead of making an effort to pronounce the name. They decide it's, uh, I can't pronounce it as in Bogotwini. It must be Ambongitwini. We'll create a sign. We'll mm. be an official name change. So that then also filters down to people's attitude towards people who have names that are not English names or even Afrikaans names for that matter. Um, and if you meet Pumelele and you're like, goodness, um, he needs the name, an English name. The name <laughs> is Pumelele, but I, I'm, I'm not going to even try. Um, I actually, there was, I was buying a house, um, and an estate agent said that she couldn't pronounce it. And my response to her was, I will not be buying from you because you've chosen not to learn it. And she then wrote me an email to apologize. And she said she didn't realize how offensive that is. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about um, Sakina, if, uh, there often aren't repercussions. And I think if we then take a stand and say, if you then will not, because Pumalele has a strong meaning. Um, mm-hmm. As a, a couple of weeks ago, I met someone named Ngobizi. It's the first time I heard that name. Um, such a... a a deep meaning to the name conquer enemies and mm. and I think there must have there must be some backstory to that name but if you then choose that I will not say Mobizita then you've basically have said that person in front of you who has a, a, such a, a a a meaningful name doesn't matter their whole being doesn't matter. Their whole existence doesn't matter. And now they came into life. And mm. um, if you decide that, no, you need an English name, or in my case, you will be Sipo for f- the five uh, minutes yeah. we're having the conversation. I mean, I don't think my name is difficult to pronounce, Sakina. And yet the first ever job I had, the woman said to me, huh, Sakina, no, I think I'll call you Tina. And I said, <laughs> my name is not Tina. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think but I can laugh about it yeah. now. I didn't think it was funny at the time. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and these are serious issues because um, just to go back to uh, the lift scenario that uh, we were talking about, how can you be born in South Africa, lived in South Africa all your life, have been here for several generations and still pretend that you don't understand South African culture and that it's offensive for you to do certain things, not to greet people. You know, people say when people come onto the radio, they should not greet. And I said, Mm. I will never, because it is un-African for you not to greet someone. Absolutely. So, so, So how do we get ourselves into these situations and how do we get ourselves out of them? I think as South Africans, language is such an emotive issue. Really, it's about our diversity and how we deal with each other. But we need to look at, and I think you made a good point, around history and being an immigrant or, be, or, being, or ha- being colonized. All of those kinds of scenarios, those are not great scenarios. Mm. But every single immigrant in every single country has had its, his or her name butchered. If you think of Americans, think of Jewish names, a word like um, Rosenstein becomes, which is rose, stone, mm. becomes Rosenstein. Mm. Um, Polish names in American um, you know, in America, they also become changed. So everything becomes changed. If you think of Liberia and the slaves moving across yeah. to the U.S., I mean, 
what happened to those names was also very, very, it's a scary thing because names are around identity. They're important. Yeah. They really are important. And they, very, they, they, they really are important to people. Um, Aubrey Machiki mm. says, uh, when people call me Mashiki, it riles me. Yeah. <laughs> and then Tabo says, uh, people should stop calling me Tabo. It's not Tabo, it's Tabo. Mm. And then there's one here also from uh, Begifa uh, who says, you know, uh, people also mispronounce his name and many, many others. Uh, Mfundo says, um, my name is Mfundo, not Mafundo, Mufundu, or any other variation of it. It is really irritating. So when it comes to names, I think there should really be zero tolerance. We we should try harder mm. and, and we should instill that sort of thinking. Mm. We also need to not give up. Yeah. Because I think my name, for example, was mispronounced this morning. Of course. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a German surname and it's hard to say. So people say Walmatch, Walmatch. It's Walmach. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to say. So I'd rather say, you know, call me Dr. Kim, call me Kim, because people will always get it wrong. Um, but if I don't say anything, and if it's okay for me, then fine. But if it really riles me, if somebody's saying mafundo, it's not hard to, to, to actually correct them. It, then it's up to them. You know, if they decide mm. not to take that correction, well, fine. If they decide as an estate agent that they, they don't want to learn your name, well, they won't get your business. Oh. Simple as that. I, and, and I actually agree with you on the point of if it's up to the individual whether mm. they are willing to allow it or not. Um, because what you, you tend to get is that when you insist that names of places and names of people are pronounced correctly, then you'd get someone whose name is Christopher and they would say, well, my name is, I, I allow people to call me Chris. They don't have to call me Christopher, so why do you insist so much? But that's but your it's a, choice. It's a choice that Chris has made mm. that they would allow people to shorten the name. Yeah. I just want to go back, though. If in my language or if, if in one language you have a certain set of vowels and a certain set of consonants, for example, English doesn't have the types of consonants that African languages have. So uh, for me to hear an, a p or p or b, and all of those different ways of saying, I don't hear that easily. So I will need correction if somebody is going to, to, to give me their name and they want that name to be pronounced correctly. It's the same with French words. I mean, English speakers generally mispronounce everybody's languages. And there's a kind of a usage in English, which is, well, when you're speaking English, it's very important to sound English. So English speakers indigenize language, uh, language a lot. They'll take a, any word that comes from another language and indigenize it into English. And that's why English is such a really a, a s- absolutely flexible language with such a large vocabulary. But for example, let's take a word like carte blanche. Mm. Cart? Cart. You know what a cart is? It's mm. something, mm. you know, yeah. a horse pulls a cart. Uh-uh. It's a French word and it means card. So it's carte blanche. So we say, I'll give you carte blanche to go and do anything you like. Mm. And we're saying, we, we, we're actually making it meaningless. But mm. we understand each other. We understand what we mean when we say carte blanche. And, yeah. and, 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 that and we're mispronouncing it. Yeah. Um, that's the other part of it. But you also say it said take correction. But the problem is that a lot of people don't want to take that correction. Um, that's where the problem then starts. Because if you're willing to take correction, then that's fine. Um, then, allow, then you will then learn until you get it right, if you do get it right. Um, but if you're not willing to, then we, we're never going to get anywhere. You will continue mispro- uh, mispronouncing names and then we p- will just not get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
And then, of course, uh, being the multicultural society we is, there's also the issue of uh, uh, pronunciation versus accents. Yeah. Absolutely. And what's the difference between yeah. the two? You know, a bed versus a bed, a bird, a bed. You know, <laughs> those sort of things. Yeah. And, That's and, what and, I've been and, speaking about. Absolutely. Yeah, and people really get upset by those sort of things. Well, they do. But then again, when you get to, because I think the English that's spoken in South Africa is like Dr. Kim was saying that um, um, people make an effort to pronounce things in a certain manner of speaking English, whereas you get to Britain, you find that there are accents in Britain. And I remember um, when I was when I was at university there, and one cab driver said to me, um, "You, I can understand you better than I understand people from Newcastle in England, um, because they also have um, have certain accents that that we would think they're not speaking English half the time. Mm. We mm. think they're speaking mm. a different language. Mm. And then you speak to an English-speaking first language South African, who would then tell you that, no, you're not supposed to speak like that you're supposed to speak in a you're supposed to pronounce in a certain way and you're like but hold on um you can understand what i'm saying if you speak to that person from newcastle that the cab driver was speaking about in the united kingdom you probably wouldn't understand what they're saying and yet they're speaking english from britain mm-hmm. and that's the other question if you understand what the person is saying anyway What's the problem? We'll come back to that. Oh eight nine one one oh four two oh eight. Let's hear from Janusz in Cape Town. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina. Thank you for taking my call. I must be brief. Uh, my experience from the, with the language, I came from Poland, you know, uh, 33 years ago. So when I, I was working in the gold mine, I went to live down down to the underground, and I, I was always confused which way I should go with my language, Africans or English. In Eng- in Africans, for instance, there's a huya word in Polish language with such a bad no name or the private men's part of the body, so I was confused <laughs> to, what, what to say. Then I came to English, and in English got many meanings of one word. And for instance, one which is, is uh, reserved for the rugby team, uh, and, uh, and I was thinking that actually in this, in this team there is a part of the team which is reserved for the homosexuals, like the, the hookers, you know, so why? Total confusion, total confusion. And and, uh, and 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 English words uh, some meaning one word mean, means so many things. It's it's for me it's a disaster. I'm still learning. <laughs> Thank you, Yanis in Cape Town. It's a disaster. It is difficult, especially given all the languages that we have to contend with. The forum at eight with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. Things have come to a pretty pass Our romance is growing flat For you like this and the other While I go for this and that Goodness knows what the end will be Oh, I don't know where I'm at It looks as if we too will never be Something must be done. You say either, I say either, you say neither, and I say neither, either, either, and either, neither. Let's call the whole thing off. Yes, you like potato, and I like potato. You like tomato, and I like tomato, potato. 
potato, tomato, tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. But oh, if we call the whole thing off, then we must part. And oh, if we ever part, then that might break my heart. So if you like pajamas, I like pajamas. I'll wear pajamas, give up pajamas. For we know we need each other, so we better call the calling off, off. Oh, let's call the whole thing off, yeah. You say laughter and I say laughter. You say after and I say after. Laughter, laughter, after, after. Let's call the whole thing off. You like vanilla and I like vanilla. You sarsaparilla and I sarsaparilla. Vanilla, vanilla, or chocolate, strawberry. Let's call the whole thing off. But oh. Might as well, shouldn't we? Let's just call the whole thing off. (laughs) (laughs) Because everybody will pronounce it as they wish anyway. But uh, we are getting to a point uh, where there does seem to be at least some form of agreement that we should be making a greater effort. It cannot be that we just say, ah, well, I'm from wherever and therefore there are no clicks in my language and I shall not make an effort to make a click. And it's not just the click, the correct click at that. So this is what we're talking about, pronunciation. And we're asking whether words, phrases are mispronounced and, you know, misused. Does it really matter if in the end we all understand what the other is saying? Before the break, Janusz was telling us, you know, 
this whole thing is very difficult for him, as I would love to believe for many South Africans. Um, there was one here from uh, U, uh, Kahisho, and Kahisho says, my name is Kahisho. And then some people would want to call him Kahisho. And, 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 and uh, Misho says her name is Misho, and it's spelled M-I-X-O, and it's not Mixco. It's it's difficult. Um, but Sakina, I understand Yanusha's problem, but um, I think in the South African context, it's, it's different in the, in the sense that if you grow up, let's say, on a farm in, uh, in the Northwest province, where 80% of the people you interact with speak Setswana as a first language, and they have Setswana names, and despite the fact that you learn Afrikaans or English as your first language, surely you can hear how 80% of the people that you interact with pronounce their language, and surely you you can then try to make an effort because it's something you hear from when you're a child. Mm. But I also believe that it's the lack of effort comes from thinking that other languages are also inferior to certain languages. And that's where the lack of effort comes from, mm. um, where you think that we'll speak we'll pronounce it in Afrikaans or if we can't or we'll pronounce it in English and if we can't we'll just change it or we'll change the pronunciation or we'll change the name altogether because that language really it's, it's just it's just inferior to um, to, uh, to my languages or to, or to languages that originated from Europe because what you also find with the English language as well is that there are mispronunciations that would be accepted from people who originate <laughs> from Europe um, if someone speaks English with a Spanish accent it's more accepted you you're less likely to correct them than you it's would. An accent. It's an accent. But if someone has a Sasutu accent, then you will correct that. You will co- constantly try to correct that person and you will not see it as an accent because it's it's not as sexy as Mm. the french accent probably is (laughs) in your mind or it's not as attractive as the italian accent is in your mind i was laughing there because and i'm not laughing at you but the things people are saying this morning um uh apiwe uh, sends a tweet and she says sometimes people really don't even try how does apiwe become ifiwe I mean, I refuse to use my English name, Samantha. For who? Why should I be Samantha? I'm mm. Apiwe. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think, I think we make the mistake as South Africans in thinking that there's only one correct way. There isn't. We all have accents. That we need to improve our pronunciation when we are not understandable. So you're right. If, if, if somebody thinks that the way I'm saying something is hard to understand... And if, I'm, if that's my job, then I need to make sure that it's easy to understand. So I'll work on that. So in the workplace, I think we need to make sure that we are understanding each other. Also, socially and culturally, we need to understand each other. But there's not just one correct way. Um, we were discussing when we were off air. Um, I once went to Italy, and I had to speak in front of a bunch of students. And at the end of the, the class, they came up to me and they said, we were so relieved. We, was, we knew we had to interpret you into Italian, and we didn't know if we would understand you. You're so much easier to understand than a real <laughs> English person. And I, I laughed because English is my mother tongue, mm. but I don't speak with a British accent. I don't. Mm. So they actually pointed out that my accent, which is a South African one, is easier mm-hmm. to understand mm-hmm. than, you know, the way someone speaks, someone who speaks from, you know, who comes from Scotland or comes from Wales or anywhere like that. But I think we also need to understand that when we learn a language, we learn the standard dialect. We don't learn... Um, the local dialect. So, for example, when I speak German, people will say, oh, you speak good German. The moment somebody says that, you know that they know 
that you're a foreigner because uh, you've been taught the correct way, the standard way. Uh, but I but tell you, 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 you're never going to sound real. My reaction to that, when I speak Afrikaans and someone says to me, Ye praat mooi Afrikaans, there's nothing more condescending under the face of the yeah, sun. Absolutely. Because what are you saying to me? Because I'm black, mm-hmm. I cannot speak Afrikaans. Ek praat flot Afrikaans. Mm. And, 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 and why is it that we always, um, you know, assume we know who someone is, what they're about? We do. And, and, and this is part of our problem. Yeah. And, and, and we don't understand sometimes just how offensive we are in bringing up certain things with people. Mm. But let's bring the listeners back in. Uh, speaking this morning to uh, Dr. Kim Valmach and uh, Spumelele Zondi. I got them both spot on. So let's go to the <laughs> listeners. Jenny in Somerset West, good morning. Hi, morning to you. I'm not here to discuss the pronunciation of um, African names. What I would like to, to bring up is um, the misinterpretation of, of, of some, some English words. You know, a lot of people call children kids. Mm-hmm. Hello? Yes, we're listening, Jenny. Yes, a lot of people call children kids. Yes. A kid is a baby goat. Another thing is um, the expression, as well as, has now become as well, like A-Z-W-E-L. Are you with me? Mm Mm-hmm. And you often hear, and and, and all the uh, presenters are guilty of this, unfortunately, speak to a subject. You can't speak to a subject or speak to... To a problem you speak about a problem you can only speak to something that is tangible like a person you can speak to you can speak to an animal um, you can speak to your doctor but you can't speak to um, the subject or speak to it speak it should be speak about you see, and um, uh, Dr. Kim uh, will answer that, but that's the interesting thing about language because language is not static. Uh, if you th- uh, take, you know, the saying, uh, what's it, uh, champing at the bit and chomping at the bit, people have used the chomping bit so much that that has now also become acceptable because this is what language does. It evolves. It, evolves. it moves. Yeah. People mm-hmm. and what people use and how they use it is actually what informs what a language ultimately is and becomes. And this is why dictionaries are constantly uh, adding new words, new phrases, because language is a living thing. But uh, Dr. Kim will answer that in more detail. Kolani in Matotsana, good morning. I'll call it the other guy called Zulan. I said it's like calling 88, you know, in no matter language. Africa, I say, Achten, Achta. You know, you say, what? He said to me, it sounds what? I said, that's what he called me, Zulan. It sounds like what? Because 88 in Africa is Achten, Achta. When I say Achten, Achta, we don't understand me. I don't understand you. And the other way, the other things I can say, remember, you know, if a white person has to read Foshkin, we call Foshkin, and the African will call Foshkin. But you never hear a black person saying, you know, we go, we go away to learn this word. You know, like the word kruga. You know, African people say kree. We now hear the black people say krukeri. Because we find a way to learn this word. The, you know, the last thing, Sakina, is this. The problem is that white people, they find a way of not learning how to pronounce our, our, our names. 
by asking us what it means so they can translate in their own language. Like, Mchimkuru, Khotpur, Nyaman, I.S., there's a sword boy. You see, that's what you've learned. You asked them to look. Yeah, you're right. You them to look. You know? You are like, so right. The, the, last, the last one is the matter of Mr. Sikwale. I was like, they made the talk about a way that love sex. It was a sex way, you know, <laughs> has lost a bit. I was like, what this way love sex? You know, what I was listening to the radio. Only find out when, ah, they talk about that. I was like, I we abused our name. You see, the last one is 33. When they say 33, what is that? But they taught us not to say 33. So you must say, bite your tongue. They cannot do that. They cannot say, Colan, your name is a Christ name. How do you say it? Because I say, bite your tongue or bite your tongue. You know? We, <laughs> we are African. We, 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 we go a long way. To le- oh, goodness, Colan. <laughs> Yeah, the tree and the three and the country and the country. <laughs> we'll come back to all of that. Uh, Cornel, Cornel, where are you calling us from? Hi, calling from Falunskruen. Falunskruen. Oh, I know where Falunskruen is. Right next to Ramalotsi. Yep. Um, thank you for having this conversation. Thank you very much to you and your guests. Um, I'm an I'm a Afrikaans born in South Africa, and language to me is, is, a, is a very important thing, and I think I understand the cultural thing that we, that we need 11 languages, but I have to say I think language is a, is a barrier between, between people in this country understanding each other. So for, 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 for myself, I've always known that it's Lucas Radebe. Nobody ever told me that it's Lucas Radebe, and if I just said Radebe, we, we would have known. So to me, when you guys are talking about education, and, 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 and somebody saying, look, that is not my name, and this is how you pronounce it, pronounce it that'll help a lot. Hmm. So um, the other thing I wanted to bring up was, um, I agree, people should not have an English name and a, and, a, and a black African language name. Just have your name. Whatever your name is, have it. I went to the States, and because I'm Cornel Prince, that was just impossible for Americans to pronounce So I just became New Prince. The, the, the parts of my name that they could understand <laughs> are the ones that they used. Wow. So, so I, and I understand that. And, and, I, and, I, and I had to adapt to them and become New Prince because otherwise nobody would be able to call me. But so you didn't here, feel the need to correct them and tell them, actually, my name is not Neil, my name is Cornel? How difficult is it to say Cornel, well, you, when you can say corn. If you say to somebody, my name is Cornel, and they say what? And you say Cornel, and I say what? And you say Cornel, and they say what? Did you say Neil? Then you just become Neil. <laughs> Otherwise, that conversation doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> oh, goodness, Cornel. <laughs> Thank you so much for the call, Cornel, from Falloon's Grid. And I can understand that. You do get tired. I have reached that point. I've been called Sabrina, uh, Zukina, Sukaina, uh, Zakira. I've even been called Zakumi. So I, I'm over it. Tumeno in Bethlehem. Good morning. Hey, thank you, Sakina. You know, Sakina, what I've covered in relation to mispronunciation is that it's often the case of misspelling of words. They have, they have a relationship. And it's more an ignorance issue. You mean, Sakina? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're listening. Yes. A uh, means mispronouncing of words is often the cause of misspelling of words. The way you pronounce words has an impact the way you write words. For in case I've got a case, it happened when I took my ID, my first ID in a Department of Home Affairs. I was held by an Afrikaner lady that instead of 
write my English word, which is innocent. She, she wrote it with innocent, with E, instead of, instead of I. Then it automatically altogether changed my initial. You can understand the damage. Mm, mm. Yes. So okay. The way, so the way you pronounce words, often people who, who struggle with spelling, the impact, the cause is pronunciation. The way you pronounce, it has, it has got a bearing in the way you write words. Okay, thank you so much, uh, Tumelo, which is why uh, I think sometimes also you have people uh, from certain areas, they will mispronounce the same word um, because, and and then you have to wonder, is it then still a mispronunciation or have they changed it into something else? Anyway, the experts will tell us in just a minute. Uh, Eric is in Cape Town. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I've got two things. One on the lighter side. When I'm I'm not from South Africa. I'm from Congo. So, uh, in the in the beginning, when I arrived in the country, when I introduced myself with my name, and they will, people will ask me, uh, you know, uh, what's your Christian name? So, you know, that that's quite funny. So, why do you, do they assume that I'm Christian and that I have a Christian name because they couldn't pronounce my Congolese name? So on the on the rather more serious side, I think that South Africa is used to politically correctness, and even your uh, the people that you invite don't want to touch the the, the, the touch issue because they will be uh, targeted and say. But okay, what I want to say is that generally in South Africa there is a black and white issue. So a black person must, regardless of what is his language's level of education, must absolutely speak English or Afrikaans and try to pronounce the Afrikaans name with the perfect accent and perfect pronunciation. But it is not assumed that a white person should actually pronounce the name Mpumalanga properly and not say Limpompo and say Limpopo, you know, and things like that. So... Um, you know, I'm a medical doctor by trade, and uh, I speak five and a half languages because uh, I can't. I, I speak. I understand 50 or 60 percent of Isikosa, which is very important in my trade. Now, I, as a foreigner, just arrived some 10 years ago. I find myself in a casualty unit in Guguletu, and I was translating Isikosa into English for my colleague, white and colored. The colored was living in next door to Guguletu. You, you will tell me that this young person did it with a, a, a black friend that could teach him how to say, you know, Molueni and all that. And you will tell me that this young white person that lives somewhere in a suburb in, in South Africa doesn't know understand a few things that he didn't cloak or, or things like that. And that a person from outside South Africa will translate for them. I find it very uh, disrespectful, and this is about a power game. So for, for them, it is very little of them to even speak or greet people in the in Isikosa. They would rather whatever the person speak to them in English and expect them to understand English Totally, you know, I, I find th- this is the biggest problem. It's about the white and black issue in South Africa, and that's what my, well, I think. So they okay. would rather mm-hmm. not want to be seen to understand an African language because an African language for them is so low. They will right. not 
Even yeah. Okay, Eric, Thanks. I'm going to move on. I got your point. I uh, just want to take the last few callers uh, because we are running out of time. And Lovu and Tata, good morning. Yes, ma'am, how are you? Good and you? I'm good. Uh, you know, the person that I just spoke to told me to hold the line. I said I was in Lovu and she said, yeah, Lovu. So I, 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 I really don't get offended with pronunciation as long as there is an effort. You know, what really annoys me is when you speak to somebody, this person is trying to sell you a certain product, and you give him your name, give him or her your name, and without making any effort, you just says, sure, can you spell that? Sure, I get so annoyed. Because, you see, <laughs> and they do it all the time. Yes, and you, you can see he's not even making any effort to even try. He just, just said, yeah, can you spell that? That annoys me. Whether it's said by a white person or by a black person, you know, uh, if I can't spell your name, at least I must try and make an effort. And then the next thing, after you spell your name, this cousin says, so, do you have a shorter version of your name? You that are my name. Yeah, and I can understand why. Thank you so much for that contribution. Calvin, good morning. Hi, Satina. Welcome. Yeah. Um, the other year, my daughter <coughs> was going to the States and went to the embassy to, I think the Americans actually being the worst. Uh, he goes to the embassy and uh, he gets his visa papers done and uh, the young man behind the counter says to her, uh, you get your your visa will be ready in four or five days. So, because he had decided to go with the husband, he gets home quite furious and he says to the husband, "I told you to go as soon as possible. It takes 45 days to get these papers ready. Why did he say it's 45 days? That man was actually saying four to five days, mm. not four to five days. Mm, yeah." Thank you so much. Let me add to that. Uh, Tabisa Sitole says, I can live with mispronounced names and words, but what I can't stand are the following. D instead of the, there's instead of there is, and then instead of then. And um, then just to come back, uh, perhaps as we wrap it up, um, the thing that Aubrey says is that people don't care about language that are not languages of power. Mm. Um, I agree with that. People don't care about languages that are not languages of power. Well, a lot of people, that is. Um, and the thing about Christian names as well, um, the gentleman, that's, well, it's almost as if he read my mind because I was thinking about that. Um, I think about Tatum Kulu Akholishla Mandela, who became Nelson after the teacher decided that he needed a Christian name. And who said, if you are Christian, that is, um, that God only speaks a European language and God would then be giving people European languages. Why am people have Christian names um, and yes that is uh, that is the problem in South Africa is that we think um, European languages or, U- or languages that have their foundations in Europe are languages of power and therefore are more important Dr. Kim well that's up to us isn't it our language attitudes are up to us everybody comes to the party with their own linguistic backgrounds and poor Charlize Theron is all I can say Went from Thron to Theron? Yes. I mean, you know, imagine being an American saying, my name is Charlize Theron and I I was born on a farm in Africa. We all know she comes from Benoni. Her name is Charlize Theron. Mm. Some people would say Thron. Mm. If you really want to say Mm. it in in, in Afrikaans. So, you know, we we just need to, I think we need a bit of tolerance. We need to be able to be a little more flexible, understand 
that we will indigenize words. I'd like to respond briefly to Jenny. Yes. Um, she was talking about um, the fact that we shouldn't call children kids, um, that kids are actually baby goats. And I think there we we, we we really going on to a different area there. It's We're not talking about slang here, but slang does come into a language. And you were right, uh, Sakina. You know, language is always dynamic. It's not static. So things will change. There will always be slang, and there will be things that come into a language that people who speak the purer form will not like. But part of English's charm is the fact that it is such a flexible language. So, you know, we we can try and keep those barriers closed, but Mm. we won't manage. We absolutely won't manage. And it's... That's the reason why English has such such power is because it allows everything to come in. It allows words to come in like bosparat and mm. trak and um, nduna and words like that. Mm. And Jenny, it's evolved because Shakespearean English to today's English, um, they're completely different um, ways of speaking the language. So it's going to constantly evolve. And I think um, you've summed it up very well. It is about our attitude towards language any language for that matter. Mm. Um, if we can find an Italian accent sexy, why can't a Sitswana accent also be sexy? Exactly. It's all about our attitude. That's where we're going to leave it for this morning. Thanks so much for your participation. We're going to storyify because there are tons of messages. And then, of course, uh, you can go onto our website and read all of that. Have a fantastic weekend. And uh, we'll be back with you on Monday morning.